So you're literally just floating through life, but it's like scorched earth. Everything behind you is scorched earth, scorched mm. memories. You're not accumulating memories. The whole, one of the most valuable things you can have in life are your memories mm. of living. <laughs> That's yeah. the whole freaking point. You know, so if you're drinking to the extent where you are literally forgetting all of these moments that you're sharing with friends and not for nothing, maybe losing friends or gaining a reputation or starting to identify um, or rather others identify you as someone that they can't fucking bring around. That nigga drink too much. He yeah. had a fool past that fourth drink and you wonder why you're losing friends or your relationship with your friends is, is starting to waver a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's Red Summer. And it's Anifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Welcome back, baby. Hey, y'all. <laughs> we took a week off because, you know, we just did. We had to. necessary. But we're back. We're here with you. And for those of you all who are just joining, maybe somebody just told you about their auntie that you should go and check out. We just want to let you know that Your Gay Aunties is a weekly podcast that is centered around queer adulting. Mm-hmm. So I've read or I see Hanifa to answer any questions that you have about life, love, or any other experiences that you have in your good gay life. Go on ahead and send us a letter at yourgayaunties at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter at yourgayaunties. And we just want to let you know that this month is all about partying with a purpose. So that that is our theme for the month and we are looking forward to having a phenomenal guest who will be uh, talking to us soon about their experience partying in the gay community <laughs> and creating a new experience for us to party in the gay community it is so we definitely want you all to go ahead and um link up with us in whatever ways you can so that you can be a part of that conversation for sure and you know and even just to add to that we know that you know though we're talking about partying with a purpose we know that these are interesting times mm-hmm. you know and that you know you may be curtailing your partying, 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 <laughs> um, because, well, you should be anyway, you know, don't take your youth for granted, you know, you can bring it home to grandma and you not having to have that, you know what I mean? Um, so you should be, you know, just pulling back, you know, limiting your partying a little bit, uh, at least for the next couple of months or we shall see. But still, so, you know, even if you're having questions about that or you've had experience regarding everything that's going on with social distancing and all of that, that's also included in our theme in the context of parting and what that means to you and what it has meant to you and what situations it has put you in. Mm, absolutely. For sure. For sure. But, yeah. but let's, start it, let's start it off, you know, let's do, let's do a little pop in politics. Let's see what's going on in our world, you know what I'm saying? Good, bad, or oh whatever. Oh, <laughs> So much has happened since we last spoke with each other. I know, I know, I know. It's like, Lord, you know, we can't like talk about everything that be happening, but let's talk about some fun stuff. <laughs> okay, because, you know, the last week was... was it was stressful. <laughs> I thought last week was stressful until this week, right? 
I'm starting, I'm starting to see all of these memes and like, you know what? I want to go back to 2019. I apologize 2019 for complaining and wanting 2020 to come in, you know, and now that we're here, I want to go back. I want to go back. I saw one where they had, you know, the uh, meme of the sister walking forward into the future. She had turned around. She was like, that's okay. <laughs> I, I like, saw this. I saw one with Oprah Winfrey who was like, "This is me um, at New Year's." It's like one of Oprah's like vibrant things, you know. <laughs> and then this is me in March 2020. It's Oprah like getting beat up by Harpo or something like that. <laughs> I had to struggle. <laughs> oh my All these three months, I had to fight. <laughs> But yeah, but uh, yeah, we have we have a lot going on 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 the pop front and the politics front. <laughs> and and speaking about going back in time, you know what I'm saying? I just I, I post. I was so excited when I saw this come across my timeline. I had to share it with the children. It's like Queen Latifah got a new joint out. Yes. Is it a whole song? I just saw the yeah. One I think verse. no, no. I think she has a verse on the song. It's her, Jada Kiss, oh, and somebody oh. else. It's some like you know. I hate to say old school, but that's what it is. I guess at this point, but like uh -huh. old school MCs. I think. JK. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so I mean, I was just just to hear her voice again, to hear her her vibrato, hear her her unk coming at you. It's just like mm -hmm. honestly, it just was really endearing. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it definitely took me back. And I have her kind of play on, like, been going for a minute, but, you know, but I'm back now. And, like, recounting everything that she's been doing. Exactly. And, like, don't okay? Don't make me go Cleo. <laughs> and, you know, not for nothing, I really appreciated, like, she's like, bitch, I'm grown, but here's this grown MC coming at you. Like, I don't need to act like I'm 20 years old. First of all, that ain't cute. You know what right. I mean? Here I am with it. She got like a nice kind of tailored long coat on, but she got her Tims on. <laughs> you know, even, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> even her, like, her, her body language, like, what, 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 what? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you can imagine what it is to be an elf. Oh, I about to say elder. My bad, girl. Older. <laughs> An older MC kicking but it. But she's definitely an elder MC. Yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. What she's doing and what she has done is completely different from where the genre is at this point. So yeah, yeah. So that's like yeah, elders in, in every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed it. It was just a breath of fresh air. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. There you Absolutely. go. Did you? Did you get a chance to um, see the video that Jada Pinkett Smith posted of Willow's performance art? Yes. Um, I love that young lady. <laughs> I do. I, I, you know, cause she reminds me of not, not I mean, I, not even so much myself, but she, re, she reminds me of a time where you can just say really do the art that you want to do like she's staying so true to herself at such a young age um you know just doing like okay so the whole the whole um uh, uh 
kind of installation piece, her and I'm, I'm not sure if he's a boy. I think he's a, her boyfriend, but the, I read an article about it too, and it listed him as her boyfriend and bandmate and bandmate and or at least art, mm-hmm. art, artistic partner. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so like this whole thing, which I appreciate this whole artistic piece is about, it's like a meditation on anxiety and it's supposed to go through these, the eight phases of anxiety. Um, you know, everything from, you know, anger and I mean, it's supposed to be, I, I forgot what the eight phases are, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, just to have this meditation on anxiety where they're in this box, which is just the idea of being in a box for 24 hours is it can, for me, it created a sense of anxiety, but also I understood the metaphor, you know, mm-hmm. because when you sometimes when anxiety comes with that as exclusion and you do kind of put yourself in a box and the social yeah. anxiety of not wanting to go out in the world. So what happens in this box and going through these phases in this box and then but then also bringing the world into it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, I thought it was just a beautiful um, artistic expression. And too, like so many times people watch loved ones going through anxiety, mm. but you can't reach them. Mm. Like you, can't, you can see it, but you can't touch it. You can't affect anything that's really happening as much as you try. Like her mom is there on the outside of the box, right? <laughs> and so what is happening inside, like how does that even affect you know, mom on the outside watching, you know, I don't know, whatever her lock journey was, right? She's been growing her locks out for however many years. And then now they're doing this thing where she's, he, the boyfriend is shaving her head in this, you know, manner. And so the anxiety um, in that moment, because I feel like that was at the end of the mm, evening, right? Letting so, go, releasing. Yeah. And so watching people have to go through whatever their processes are um, and not being able to access them, like kind of is an extension of that experience. Um, And I did pull it up. um, The stages, paranoia, rage, sadness, numbness, euphoria, strong interest, compassion, and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And so how do you, how do those things look? from the outside mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as the artist like how do you embody those things mm-hmm. throughout this time period like this is an extended performance for 24 Four hours. hours exactly and i know right? they take breaks to eat and to go to the bathroom and to just just take a break in general but you know to experience that or and and, and and it is a performance so it doesn't mean they're necessarily experiencing it in the moment but they have to project that experience yeah you know so it is a performance you know um and i whew, i was like she yeah. she is going to be one of those lifetime artists that are going to create like really incredible art mm-hmm. you know um it's not going to be for everybody but it is for so many you know, um, and so, and I, and I think, and what I also appreciate about her, well, first of all, being a Smith, you know, she has access to, to do this in MoCA. Yeah. MoMA, excuse me. She's in one of the MoMAs, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> she's in a Mo something. Uh, <laughs> she's, in a, she's in one of the, see. what's the name of the I museum? Had, I had closed out the article. Hold on. Um, As you look for it, like she, you know, so she does have that access because she is a Smith, but so what, right? Um. I really, the way that she's been raised, 
that she's able to access to go this deep as an artist, mm -hmm. but also speak to her generation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because a lot of times, like art this deep, you know, some people will, will say that, oh, well, you're too young to even to go this deep, you know, but because she's been raised mm -hmm. in an environment that has allowed her to access her feelings, to access her emotion and to, and to access her artistic expression, that she's able to give these gifts, these artistic gifts, you know, yeah. not just to people, not just to her peers and her generation, but to people my age, you know, because I suffer from anxiety as well, you know, and yeah. I really appreciated this. And I could understand it. And, and for young people who are not, who don't have access to this kind of artistic performance and may not understand it, she's also an educator mm. as far as, as far as art literacy. Yeah. You I know? think they're... Like, that's interesting that you say that because so much of, and I, even as I'm thinking it, I have to say that young people today are absolutely creatively brilliant in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like, the meme creations, the art that you all are, like, the visual art that you're creating, like, and that you're able to do it so quickly to in response to what's happening in the world around you, um, the videos that you all are making, your comedy, like, all of that stuff is absolutely on point. I think, um, for me, though, this is a melding of that. That's also a, a throwback, you know, or an homage to, like, even Dada's you know, artwork or, you know, old um, concepts around art and performance that we haven't seen a lot of mm -hmm. in a long time, especially in art spaces, right? You know, and even the metaphor of the box, I thought, or the box you can look into, you know, I thought was also an excellent metaphor for how this generation interacts and how it can be anxiety causing as far as the screen, the box that is our laptop, our computer, our phone, mm -hmm. you know, and we kind of put ourselves in this self-made box and we're able to express ourselves through in this box, but we mm -hmm. are, we're not literally in the same room with each other. We're not, you know what I mean? There's still yeah. a disconnect that is happening, it, you know, it's generational, it's cultural, whatever, but the fact, you know, I really see that metaphor of the of the the see through box as the box we kind of all put ourselves into, in particular younger people, but we all put ourselves into when we interact online, and that mm. and where, like you just said, younger people have are able to express themselves quickly, profoundly online in a minute. They got some yeah. dope ass stuff up there, or they're able to total turn on their phone. They can be whoever they want, or they feel you know uh, empowered to express mm -hmm. themselves through their phone and then put it out to the world. But it's, it's not, you know, a one-on-one -on -one interaction. You know what I mean? It's not really face-to-face -face type of interaction as say our generation are more used to in regards to art or art yeah. creation, you know? So it's interesting. But even like the shows like The Circle and Love is Blind mm. and these reality shows mm. where people are, you know, <laughs> falling in love with each other and they've never seen each other, just, you know, pictures or something like that. Um, like those are interesting concepts of, or ways to reflect where our society is right now. Um, and I did see something that you posted about like that concept of, of space and loneliness and like where people are, um, how people are, you know, can reach out to each other during this time where a lot of us are, are home, 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, home alone, mm-hmm. like home with, you know, people who are family or people who are not like there are so many different ways that this looks. Um, and it'll be interesting to see like what is created from where we are now. I feel like America gets to be padded away from so much that happens in the world. Like we just move on like nothing is going on when there's wars happening, move on like nothing is going on when children are being, you know, families being locked in cages at the borders. We're just going on like nothing's happening. But now we have to stop, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we have to stop and reflect and we have to stop and, and we are actually physically affected by things that are happening for the first time in a while. And so I'm interested to see what the artists do with that. You know, and it's interesting that, you know, it, I, I read an article um, or just a, a think piece where someone's like, you know, whenever, for those of you who question or judge parents who take their kids from, you know, their country to, and go through hell to get to this country um, out of desperation, it's like, mm-hmm. remind yourself how you're reacting in just a light version of desperation. We buy toilet yeah. paper. And we laugh at that, but it really speaks to our human inclination. Like when we feel pending desperation, we feel fear and we don't, and we have mm-hmm. a sense of a lack of control and we have to deal and our anxiety is heightened. What are the things that we do initially? You know, yeah. it's like, and, and even though we laugh at the whole toilet paper thing, you know, <laughs> the idea of buying toilet paper is a, a sense of us trying to control our circumstances, even our yeah. basic hygiene. What is that thing that if we run out of it, are we less than human? Are we, le- you know what I mean? Are we less than, mm-hmm. you know, ain't thinking about food yet. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. pe- even though the shelves are empty pretty much, but this, this country still is, will always have plenty of food for the time being, but mm-hmm. the toilet paper thing is symptomatic, you know, of this idea of us, how do we control our sense of being, our sense of civil being civilized, if you will. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so when we then judge parents that make these decisions, when their desperation is much more heightened, you know, and the decisions right. they make, you know, it's so, like you said, it's a meditation on who we are as a people, as a culture, as families, as individuals, you know, um, our sense of judgment, our sense of interaction with the world. When now we have to stay home, you know, or at least yeah. stay close to home you know, um, and be really, really mindful of surroundings, being mindful of each other. And how do we, even when we kind of are fearful, not, yeah, to an extent fearful of mm-hmm. each other, you know what I mean? Um, like, you know, the sneezing, cause I know, man, somebody sneezing around me. I like, I'm ready to fight, but then again, I don't want to fight. I don't want to touch you, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, but, you know, and being considerate of each other, even in these times where we have to somewhat be distant, you yeah. know, um, I know in our last couple of days at school, we started doing the Wakanda <laughs> Greek. <laughs> because like, we're still here, we're still in, in space with each other. Mm-hmm. But even trying to have a conversation with students that wasn't gearing towards, yeah, their fears and their concerns and their sense of safety and their sense of space. Like it was, it's funny because I always had like two or three um, bottles of hand sanitizer. Shout out to Mary Kay who made sure I was stocked up. <laughs> but um, yeah, so now I, I 
took the big bottle out because we were going through the little ones like so quickly. And the students were like, oh, you know, thank you so much for like putting this here. And like they were using it and they were like excitedly like <laughs> interacting around this hand sanitizer. And like every time they would do something with each other, they would go immediately back to the hand sanitizer. And it's like, I'm just watching from my space over here because I'm not... Hey y'all, put the assignment up on the board, y'all. Okay, I had I had a little cold a couple of weeks ago. I don't want nothing. <laughs> I don't want no smoke. <laughs> but just you know, so I'm a little distance from them, and so I could watch them in their interactions of how they were expressing their sense of self and their sense of place with the fears that they had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's all very interesting to me right now. It is, it is, it is. Um, I know the, the uh, sociology students are having a ball with this and the, mm-hmm. even the anthropology students, <laughs> you know, for how we, how we are reacting to this as a culture, because we are a culture, we are an American culture. Yeah. You know, but yet, but a part of the human culture as well. So there's this overlap, but there's things that are distinctly American. And so how we react to this really is indicative of who we are. And it kind of, as Americans, I think sometimes we take for granted who we are. You know, black, mm-hmm. white, it doesn't even, it's not even a race thing. This is, this is a more of a cultural thing. We take yeah. for granted because we do have a certain place in the world, though that has been severely damaged by 45, but we have a certain things that the things that we take for granted and because we take them for granted, just like white folks, we don't always see where we're at fault. We don't always see where we drop the ball. We don't always see yeah. where we lack as mm-hmm. a people. And so this is a really good meditation again, as a people, as a, as a, uh, as, as a culture, as a fam, as family, you know, who we are as family and who we are as individuals. So, you know, this is a silver lining. This is an opportunity, even with, you know, all aside from the deaths that happened and RIP to all the people who have lost people, you know, due to this, uh, this illness, um, um, in this craziness, (laughs) but you know, still, this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's always an opportunity when things like this happen. So this is our opportunity. So stay still and meditate on it, whatever that meditation looks like um, to yeah. you, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Whew. So it is, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's trying times and it's, it's, um, it's, it's scare, scary, right. For a lot of people who, who get scared, right? <laughs> I know people who are not even tapped into it yet. They like, man, this will blow over. It's fine, blah, 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 right? But there are some people who, as we talked about a little bit, before, you know, a minute ago about like who, they're anxious, mm-hmm. right? So that, that anxiety is a real thing. There are so many people who are missing medical appointments, who are not able to, you know, get to the things that that they need to get to, maybe mm-hmm. therapist appointments and things like that. And so, let's be kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's just be be kind to each other in this this time. Let's not fight over the toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. And 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 also let's focus on those who are. And this is why I I, I actually posted something recently on um. 
our Instagram account about the beautiful things that are coming out of this. You know, like mm -hmm. um, I posted this swipe where, um, you know, Lizzo was playing. She had a 30 minute uh, IGTV of her playing the flute over some incense and crystals. Like, take mm -hmm. a moment. This is a moment you ought to take a take a minute. Listen yeah. to me play the flute. You know, I got my, my yeah. old grandma sweater on. I ain't doing I ain't twerking. <laughs> you know, I'm playing the flute. <laughs> yeah. You know, and be a 12 hour jazz um, mix. Yeah, I think I posted that. That was that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 jazz mix was everything from Gil Scott Heron to this yeah. different, like, really. I was like, yes, I can put this like the on good shit. The <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and 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 I, something I didn't I didn't include in that I didn't include in that swipe is actually uh, Quest Love. You know, he had a, a meditation he put on his um, IG. But listen, y'all, um, I know that we are addicted to watching the news, especially during this time. She's like, but turn that shit off. After mm -hmm. a while, like you know, maybe check in. You know, pick your Rachel Maddow or just one person that can get an overview of the day. But it really, yeah. after you know, because I think I was doing that too. I was like, I get it. Like I, I can be a political wonk too. But these pundits, all they do is talk about it's the same news cycle over and over and over and over again, and it's just mm -hmm. panic, panic, desperation, desperation, anxiety-inducing. Forty-five ain't shit. What are they doing for? Yeah, you know. So that 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 can affect your immune system. <laughs> Yeah, it's not healthy, you know, but just back to the swipe file I put, you know, there was Lizzo with the flute that also I thought was so endearing. Um, a good friend of mine uh, of ours, actually, uh, Shelly Nicole from Blackbush, um, she had put up this uh, this video of Italians who are truly isolated. They can't leave their homes, y'all, except for food. Oh, I saw that. And they and they a lot of their, you know, their apartment buildings, whatever, all have balconies. And so they as neighbors are connecting through music. Wasn't that wonderful? You know, and it's like it was like cross generational. So you had homeboy on one balcony, you know, DJing. They had the older <laughs> man on the other balcony playing the guitar. You know, and other ones people were playing the, the tambourine yeah. and doing a whole acapella performance and teaching each other. And I was yeah, like, and the strings were singing. <laughs> yeah, it was so beautiful. It's like they are coming. They're finding a way to come together, even more so, you know, as community, even though they're separated. Yeah. You know, so social isolation doesn't mean social cancellation. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have to still be a community. Also, everything that you were saying, you were putting off to later. If you are even blessed in this time to be isolated, because <laughs> there are people who they're um, essential employees and they have to still report. Yeah. So, yeah. We're all home, but my wife has to go every day. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. um, but write that book you've been saying you were going to write when you got some time. Finish that play. Go ahead and write the lyrics to that song. Go mm -hmm. ahead and beat out that, you know, that bang beat. out that beat you've been working <laughs> on. Like, for real. Like, this is this is your blessing time. That Start you that business. Yeah, do all the research that you needed on that project, whatever it is that you've been putting off, go ahead and use this time wisely. Because if at the end of it, all you did was watch everything on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> you and Netflix wait. don't got nothing on, nothing new, really. Just FYI. Exactly. <laughs> yes, cool. yes. I've been watching the longest show in the history of shows, what? Jane the Virgin. They have like 46 episodes a season. 
I just got through the hunters and I felt at times I felt even though the, just structurally sometimes there were you know issues with the plot. I was like, really, y'all, this is a big ass plot hole right here. But okay, but there was times. This was the first show that I've watched where I felt like I was a little bit of an outsider. Like it was so Jewish. <laughs> It's so Jewish. Like, like it's one of those things. It's like I felt like a white person watching a blackity black, black, black ass drama, and I can't have no comments. Mm. You know, because there was some inside yeah. stuff going. Like there was some dialogue. Like, mm, this ain't this ain't my culture. You know what I mean? Like, huh? Interesting. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, and it's 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 very pulp fiction ish as well, and kind of over the top. You know, but um, there was there were moments I was like, ooh. They just like, they're like, this is about as Jewish as we gonna get y'all, so shut the fuck yeah. up and just watch it. <laughs> this some Jewish shit. <laughs> this our pain. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, y'all, so so there you go. Um, you know, Corona, COVID-19, whatever you wanna call this bitch, you know, she is an opportunity. Not necessarily, you know, with, and most artists know this, with limitations and restrictions that there thus is gr great creativity can come out of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So use this time wisely. Um, and so you can come out the other side having more than when you went in. Yeah. Also, I want to just take a second and shout out all of the artists who... Um, oh, yeah. I, I was posted yesterday that I know having a break of this size at this time of the year... Um, when I was like just a like just doing my art and didn't have like a, a a stream of income that was consistent, that really would have crippled me. Yeah. Like and and crippled my family for for a very long time. Um, and so you know just to put some context to it, I worked. Um, I went to a lot of colleges and universities to perform and did speeches and things like that, workshops. And so my February to March income needed to last me until September when I could start back up mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and go back to visiting colleges. So if you can imagine, this is the, the prime time that I would have been working. Mm -hmm. And just a couple of things that I had that were canceled was you know, big money gone. Yeah. And so I can, you know, I've been watching my friends, my daughter are saying like all of like all of my jobs are closing. Like everything is, is drying up. Like, thankfully I can, you know, help my family. I can help my daughter. Like there are so many who don't have that support and they have been depending on everybody coming out to the weekly open mic or the weekly comedy show or, you know, whatever that was. And those things are all closed. And so people are, are struggling. And so I have to go back to, you know, you know, be kind and stop being so critical. Like people are, are managing a lot right now. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I want to shout out also to my end of the artistry of people who do the festival circuit. Mm -hmm. You know, where, you know, straight performances like um, I'm no longer on that circuit. But if but if, we, if this was to be happening a few years ago, again, my income would have been out the door because I was just making money yeah. by going on the road and traveling overseas uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. and doing the festival circuit. And I know a lot of my um, friends are now like, what the entire fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, artists, you know, are very clear on how they make their money, but they are susceptible to people coming out <laughs> or the gig being there, period. 
you yeah. know so when it's when it's not there artists have to scramble and figure out but artists are also very resourceful i want to you know um there's always a way and a lot of our artists out there some of us want to go back to teaching or even if it's just making up a teaching a course to teach something you know um mm -hmm. since everybody's home you know try some online you know make up an online course and something you could teach yeah. for real you know so we're very resourceful but still this is a gut punch and just on on a personal note you know there was a project that i was looking forward to um called bloom but the resources for that to happen just flew out the window yeah. that just it just flew out the window and i had to you know tell you know i haven't heard back from him yet you know quiet as kept but I, I had to say i had to cancel it there's no way it can happen not unless you know i went lot yeah. or something you know money come out of nowhere but the money that i wanted to put aside from it is not going to be there so mm -hmm. um so that though art can still be created um or rather though there will be some art loss there will be art that you can't access because of this and it will hurt artists there's still art that can be created because art mm -hmm. can be created anywhere and is inspired by the world around us so just back to round it off what we've been talking about is like this is an opportunity for artists for people who are wanted to become art or just to create art or to create anything because yeah. artists know that art is not you know what you do but how so do it whatever that thing is use your creative energy to create it so that it's there for us when all this crap is over mm -hmm. you know? and also you can listen to independent artists in this time mm -hmm. if you're home um watch uh, you know other shows like help people go on youtube like watch their videos like that's a simple easy way that we can um help our people who are affected in that way word word all right all right so let's just take a little break yeah. you know okay. uh it's a little sponsor break well we're we hoping to get sponsors but in the meantime <laughs> In the meantime, we do have an announcement. Boom, here's our Yay. break. All right, all right. So, you know, this has really been a learning lesson, an educational lesson for us um, as artists, you know, trying to bring your gay aunties to you um, every week. And of course, you know, every week we say, hey y'all, we need some support here and there, but also it is an art to learn how to ask for support. So this is one of the things we're learning and this is one of the things that we're changing. Um, we're learning that simplicity is gold. All right, so as we tell you every week, you can just go on patreon.com slash your gay aunties and support us. And we usually have different tiers, but now we have made that one tier and one tier only to support your gay aunties. And this tier is to get access to us doing what we're doing right now. We are mm -hmm. coming to you live on YouTube, okay? Live, let me say it again, live on YouTube, all right? So we want to invite you all to come with us, be live, comments in the sections. We can have a live interaction, you know, in the show with whatever mm -hmm. questions you may have. So if you hadn't written, written us a letter beforehand, you can ask us that question live. And how do you do this? How do you get access to this live feed? Because it will not go public until Wednesday mm -hmm. when the podcast comes out. But if you want to go or have access to the Sunday live um, uh, uh, recording, which will happen at 1 p.m., you can go to patreon.com slash your gay aunties. There's only one tier there, your gay aunties live. And in that tier, you can give anything you can afford. We're making this, we're opening this up 
to you all, to everyone, especially in these times people are holding tight, but they need access to, you know, honestly, podcasts like us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that qualm, that, that, that anxiety or what have you, or just to get advice about life, um, anything you can afford. You know, but the commitment is still monthly. So anything you can afford monthly, give it to us at patreon.com slash aunties and we will give you access. Every Saturday, we'll send you a link, your link, to access us live Sundays at 1 p.m. All right, y'all. That That is how life is changing and grooving and moving. And we love you all and always, always appreciate your support. Yes. And I see Hanif and I really hope that you have found this podcast to be a safe space to learn mm-hmm. or to get advice uh, about your growth, your love, your life. Uh, those of you all who are regular listeners, you've maybe even picked up a gem or two that you use now in your arsenal as you are moving about this life, right? Um, and we have decided to immortalize the auntie quotes that you all love and make them into auntie merch. So we have t-shirts and sweatshirts and all kinds of stuff that you can go and check out um, at our link in the in our bio on IG at Aunties. Also, give us a shout out on Instagram or Twitter if you catch an auntie quote that you want us to use on a shirt. Exactly. And it's really cool. You know, we've been putting some auntie quotes um, up there and we're learning how to fashion these auntie quotes. But but we're also we're also putting questions alongside these quotes. So to really um, engage in some dialogue with you guys around how you're engaging with life, quite honestly, and how you're navigating your own Mm -hmm. life. So we're going to continue to do that. So along with the auntie quote also will be a question. You know, and let's just talk about it. You know, we may also kind of move those questions on to the podcast or how you answer those questions. Um, so it's really, we really want to understand how you guys are seeing life um, and how you're, you know, just making life happen for yourself. So again, along with those auntie quotes will be questions. So just check out, you know, just babysit our stories. We'll put them up um, a lot more often. But um, when we do put them up, we definitely want to hear from you guys and how you see life and how you're doing things and shit. and also remember remember we always always love 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 your letters especially this time when you're in the house and you're thinking about stuff this is a great time to take some time and write your aunties a letter and you can do that at yourgayaunties at gmail.com also the link is in our profile and if you're not a big writer you just want to speak your truth while you're in your house (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can also go to our profile link and click on Speak Your Truth. Um, in that, there's a link, there's a list of links. One of them is called Speak Your Truth. And with that, you can literally you have 90 seconds to ask us a question or to tell us your story and wanting of advice. So we really look forward to hearing from you all with that. You know? Yes. And speaking of letters, guess what? What? Here's your letter. <laughs> <laughs> We have a letter. Yes, we have a letter. We have a letter. You want to read the letter, Red? I will. Um, so the letter says, hey, Auntie Red and Hanifa. Um, as you know, I'm a black gay man, as I know, because this is so wonderful for my, my wonderful life. <laughs> does he give does he give a name that we can use or yeah, no? He does, CJ. Okay, okay CJ, okay. So as you know, I'm a black gay man who is new to the city I currently live in. You mentioned that you 
all, we're going to be discussing how the LGBT community has based its communal spaces around drugs and alcohol. That really resonated with me because I am so deep in that experience right now. Mm. I'm in a new city and I'm trying to meet new people. Because of that, I need a significant amount of my, oh, I spend a significant amount of my time in bars, clubs, and at house parties. I attended one party recently and I know I was tipsy from brunch when I got there and we continued to drink all night. In order to have fun, in quotes, I agree to another round or to a refill, and the next thing I know, I'm drunk. I feel crazy immature writing this right now because I'm an adult and should not be the victim of peer pressure at this age, late 20s. But I also know that uh, I take a win in Rome attitude and go with the flow. I guess my question is less of a question and more of a pondering of how do we change this as a culture? I know there have been many times that I've gone too far or done too much and had to apologize for actions I don't remember. I know there have been times that I woke up and didn't remember getting home. Thank God. As I'm thinking about it, this isn't really fun to me. I guess that's the part of getting older where you reflect on your actions and see where you need to make a change. So thank you for discussing this topic and for being a resource to the community. Keep up the great work. Love always, CJ. Uh, Thank you, CJ. Thank you, CJ. Yeah. I mean, this is hitting at the heart of, you know, why we wanted to talk about this. So take take time to talk about this, you know. I mean, the first thing, honestly, for me, um, that comes to mind is my own experience with intoxicants. Now, I've never been a big drinker. Actually, most people who know me, I I just don't drink. I never really liked the taste of alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have had a relationship with weed, right? Now, some Mm -hmm. people don't think weed is a bad uh, drug. um, And essentially, it's not. Um, But the abuse of any intoxicant the the drug or the badness if you will is the abuse the question of why do we abuse it why do we take it so much you know to the hilt and so um uh why we go over the top with it basically um whatever the 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 drug is and so my relationship my, my the beginning my beginning relationship with weed was how i identified with it and this is the the word i want to highlight identification you know we as queer people identify as this that and the third we got a million labels but identity also um can be connected to how you walk in the world and it's one thing to mm-hmm. to succumb to peer pressure but when you reach to a point that i like i identify as a non-drinker so because i so strongly identify as someone who does not like alcohol it's really hard to get me to, to take alcohol and this is like a big occasion someone's wedding like you know i'm just trying to be but i'll take a sip and put it down i'm just mm-hmm. going through the motions because i identify so you're not there's nothing you're going to say to me <laughs> that's going to make me <laughs> Drink so much to pass the fuck out, okay? Because I don't identify as a drinker. Now, with weed, you know, how I identified in the beginning was like, oh, I'm the kind of person that can smoke weed a little bit, you know, one day with someone, but then I won't touch it for months. But Mm. then I hit moments in my life where I either was depressed, I was dealing with serious anxiety, and then it became, well, um, I'm smoking it a lot often, 
and I'm getting in a routine of smoking, watching TV, fall asleep on the couch, you know, or, or, or literally whatever weed I have in front of me, smoking alone one, but whatever weed I have in front of me, I can't go to bed until I finish smoking all of it. Mm. Yeah, it, it got that bad. Yeah. And so I had lost my identity as someone who can just smoke a little bit and just leave it alone. Like it don't, it don't, it don't got me like that. You know, so I had to literally change um, where I was f physically in the world. Like I had to change a lot of things to get back to the point where I'm not like, if I don't have my weed or I can't be alone with weed or, and even to this day, I know that I can't just have weed in the house and act like I ain't gonna look at that shit and smoke it. So I know mm -hmm. that only I can smoke socially because now that's how I identify. And even now I'm getting to the point where I'm really, I've taken a serious break. And what happens, I, I got the flu. This is way before Corona, but I still, I got the flu a few months back and I needed that time out. That was the universe telling me time the fuck out, bitch. I know you're going through shit, <laughs> Yeah. but you need a physical time out where you literally can't smoke. And that was a blessing in disguise, you know? Indeed. So I really, what I'm trying to highlight is that I, learning to identify as someone that, and this is talking to you, CJ, and those who identify with what CJ is talking about, you know, um, when you go out, begin to identify as someone that has, you, you're really clear on what your limit is, and that's that. So peer, it becomes less of a peer pressure thing, whether that peer pressure is coming from your friends or coming from mm -hmm. yourself in context yeah. of your friends, <laughs> you know, you're like, they soon it becomes, oh, CJ, that bro, he only do three drinks, y'all, and he done. And it become a light, you know, it becomes a light joke, but it's your truth. It's how you identify. Yes. And peer pressure can't do nothing. When you clearly identify as one thing, there's nothing no one can say to you to get you. There's no situation that's going to make you succumb to it because you mm. are, you're starting to identify it. But it takes a minute to learn to get to that point, but that should be the goal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So when my daughter was um, getting ready to graduate from high school and go off to college, um, I knew she was going to um, Louisiana. Well, she had gone to school, but we took her to Mardi Gras. Mm. So the adults in her family, we took her to Mardi Gras and we taught her how to be a college student in Louisiana, partying at big festivals like that. Right. <laughs> Um, so that when she went the next time just with her friends, like one, this wasn't her first, you know, ride of the rodeo. <laughs> and so she wasn't overly like caught up in the, the hoopla of it all, but she knew how to do it and do it safely. Mm. Right. Um, and as we were going through like each part of it, like we were just kind of pointing out, all right, now you see this, all right, you see that. Cause you, you're walking around at Mardi Gras with these huge drinks. That's almost like three feet tall. Right? <laughs> it's, it's Mostly crazy. sugar. Right. It's all <laughs> sugar. And now you sitting on the sidewalk, like <laughs> with your shoes off. Like you just don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> But also one thing that I told her um, when she was leaving for school was drink brown. Mm -hmm. Right? I said that like people respect brown and you can sip a little bit of glass of brown liquor the whole rest of the party and people won't come over to you and keep trying to fill your drink back up because you like, I, I'm drinking brown and they can see that little bit in your glass and they, they will respect it. 
And she's called me a couple of times like, like that is really true. Like one, you can't just chug it. Like don't mix it with anything. Just like keep that little bit. You partying, you, you participating, you know, you're there, but you're not going to go over because that one half a cup will last you the whole party. <laughs> and it, what you said about how I identify is exactly that. Like she identified as a brown liquor drinker <laughs> and therefore like nobody's running over with a bottle of brown trying to fill everybody's cups up. Like that's just not how it works. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know, all the other stuff, like it's communal in that way. Um, just like think about what for you. And I'm glad that you gave those, those examples uh, will work for you to get a hold of it. Um, I worry, especially with CJ, because um, there's not a lot of conversation around like gay men and their safety when they're drinking or intoxicated in some kind of way or under the influence, mm -hmm. right? And so what situations does that put you in? I know you mentioned in the letter, getting home and not knowing how you got there, but what happens if where you end up is not home? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mentioning like having these experiences where you have gone too far, mm -hmm. but you don't know that you've gone too far because you're not even present enough to remember or be aware of what's happening in that moment and having to apologize for things that you don't remember doing. Like those instances, <clears throat> those are supposed to be your aha moments. Like those are supposed to be your, all right, this like enough is enough moments. But when you don't have that, it's really confidence, I think, in my mind to say, no, thank you. And not feel like people are going to socially ostracize you because now you're not participating, you're not, you know, whatever. Um, I think you, you, you want to take some time to tap into that. Like, what is it that's happening in me? that I feel like even at this age that I still have to go along to get along mm. that I feel like I'm not going to be socially accepted unless I'm partying to this extreme level. Mm. Like, yeah, like, and what is the point of partying well, if you can't remember the whole point of living a life so you can accumulate memories. So at the end of your life or as you get older, you're like, girl, oh boy, man, remember back, oh child, remember when we did that? Da, da, da. If you can't remember, so you're literally just floating through life, but it's like scorched earth. Everything behind you is scorched earth, scorched mm -hmm. memories. You're not accumulating memories. The whole, one of the most valuable things you can have in life are your memories mm -hmm. of living. <laughs> That's yeah. the whole freaking point, you know? So if you're drinking to the extent where you are literally forgetting all of these moments that you're sharing with friends and not for nothing, maybe losing friends or gaining a reputation or starting to identify, um, or rather others identify you as someone that they can't fucking bring around. That nigga drink too much. He yeah. had a fool past that fourth drink and you wonder why you're losing friends or your relationship with your friends is, is starting to waver a little bit. You know, these are all the reasons why you want to really take it upon yourself to identify as someone that has a fucking limit or you only drink brown or you only drink this and you only drink this much of that, you know, because you want to control how you identify. You don't want to be identified as, 
someone. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to control that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm the the flip for you. Like, I can drink socially, and I don't think... I mean, I I know that I will I could drink to get drunk, but I don't. Like I'm I'm very much gr- like just even as a teenager, like I was the one that wanted to make sure everybody got home. Mm-hmm. I was the one that wanted to make sure that like I like we were safe, my homegirls were safe, like that thing. That was just, you know, a part of who I was. Um I tried to smoke weed and was like, yeah. That's that's not gonna be me. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was the kind people told me I had to try another kind. I don't know. I don't like it. Like <laughs> that's just not gonna be my my testimony. And you have to figure out for you, like what is your enough? Like what what is that personal standard that you have for yourself? What is that thing that people that limit that boundary that you're setting? that people need to respect if they're going to share your space. Because right now it feels like you're just willing to give, give, give in order to be around people. And they don't have to make any accommodations to be around you. Mm. Like you're willing to give your yourself, your safety, your, your sense of presence, your sense of being, like all of that up to hang out with them. But they don't have to do, make even the sacrifices saying, nah, you know, CJ, you know, he only drinks, he only has three drinks and he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah. And that's not how respect <laughs> has gotten anyway. So if at the end of the day, you peer pressure sometimes is our wanting to obtain respect from people, you know, or to be liked at the, at the very least to be liked. And mm-hmm. honestly, when you set boundaries and you set limitations, that's where you start conjuring some serious respect in yeah. the day. And if they don't want to stand as, as respect, then perhaps those are not the friends you need. But most people, most sane people, most intelligent people, most uh, yeah. um, uh, giving people, most loving people will respect someone that has boundaries. You yeah. know what I mean? And they'll respect those boundaries. And one last thing I want to just say in regards to safety, and this is for everyone, but in particular, I want to talk to the boys. Sometimes the culture of the boys you know, um, you know, there are things that the culture is identified with. It's identified with, you know, sexual prowess. It's identified with, you know, just going there and just being able to navigate the world a little bit more liberally as is the benefit or the uh, privilege um, Mm -hmm. that men feel that they're given through patriarchy, just in general. And that's heightened in all boy culture. But let's get 100 and real with this. If you're waking up, not knowing what happened the day before, then you have no idea how someone has touched you, how someone Mm -hmm. has used your body, you know, or offended you in some way, even if it was verbally. Yeah. You don't remember none of that. But trust me, your body remembers it. Your subconscious remembers it. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that's going to manifest in some other ways. You still want to protect your being. You know what I mean? And, you know, even, you know, now in this day where it's like Uber, like, oh, we can get drunk. And that's another thing. This, this generation, I don't know what is with y'all, what anticipation is that I'm going to get drunk until I am passed out. Like, that's the goal. Mm. <laughs> How is that the goal? You know what I mean? Yeah. That shouldn't be the goal. Like, it may happen, but it shouldn't be the goal. <laughs> but right. that's a whole nother story we can go into. But in particular to, 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 um, to the boys and, and, and the girls kind of know this and sometimes girls in our in the queer community maybe have a, a sense of uh, a security because okay it's all women but still I think it applies to everyone let's have to say it applies to everyone you should be protective of your memories because it's being protective of your body 
You know yeah. what I mean? And getting an Uber is not always the safest thing. As many at all. Uh, many assaults that are happening in Ubers. You can't if you're not if you're not empowered enough to fight back someone, whether verbally or physically, if they try to assault you in an Uber who's this fucking stranger essentially, and they right. see that you're vulnerable. If you don't have it together enough to tell a motherfucker to step off or to pull to the side and let me out or or not for nothing, or knock a nigga know out. Which yeah. direction they're exactly. You know, then you can't even remember. He might have pulled to the side, followed you, and then kept it moving, but you don't remember nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so putting a friend into an Uber is not necessarily a good thing <laughs> who's passed yeah. out. You need to protect that friend hours before, like, yo, honey, you having too much. Yeah, you gotta okay. slow down. You gotta slow down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's some water. <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm not having fun with you no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you gotta so so we you know that's one that thing we should just say that right there. You know, mm-hmm. where you yourself as individuals should be responsible for yourself, your friends also can help you with that. If you're learning, still learning to be responsible. You know, your friends is talking to you who have those friends who just take it one drink too much all the freaking time. Have that talk with them. It's like, listen, I'm going to tap your shoulder when I think you one drink shy. I don't want to fuck with you no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start to have that conversations with each other. So y'all can go out with the intent of having real fun and then remembering that shit the next day. Y'all taking yeah. care of each other. I remember going to the clubs that I had to, even though sometimes you separate in the clubs, you're doing your thing. I always, every now and then, I would have to eye shot my homegirls or even my homeboys. Like, where y'all at? All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, let me go back. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't ever drop, you don't ever drop the ball with your peoples when you go to a freaking club. Yeah. That's just not, I'm sorry. That's just friend duty. (laughs) You know? Absolutely. You know, this happens a lot. (laughs) So me and my girls would be like, all right, we we going together. We're going home together. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, you're not leaving with anybody else. No, you're not separating. No, like, this is how we're doing. If if y'all want to hook up later on tonight, then they're going to need to come get you from the house. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this ex- excursion that we're having right now is happening together. <laughs> exactly. And again, back to the boys, you know, uh, most predators are men. Okay, and because we're queer, don't make that. I mean, if anything, you're you're just as vulnerable, especially young men who are just getting into the scene. This may not so much pertain to you, CJ, CJ, but to an extent it could. But especially young yeah. men who are just getting old enough, 21, 22, they're really getting up in the clubs and they really don't know how to spot and avoid predators. Yeah, and, and, and they're really open just to, you know, they feeling themselves and they putting it out there and they about to get their dick wet, not to be crass, but let's get real. OK, mm-hmm. it's like you need to know the difference between someone who may be a love interest or even a fleeting one. And then it's predators. OK, yeah. and some of you older gay men need to really pull some of them young boys aside and y'all need to be uncles to them for real. Yeah. OK. Um. Yeah, that's that's pretty. I think that's that's. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's Thank all you. I got. Yeah. As well. Thank you so much, CJ. Thank for, you, CJ. Thank for you. trusting us yes. and for sharing this letter with your aunties. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that that you got something from our responses, and I hope that all of our listeners um, who are struggling with something similar are able to get something. Um, from this discussion, and if you all have some issues or some things that are going on in your life. 
don't forget, you can always send us a letter at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter or Instagram, uh, whichever works best for you so that we can have some of these conversations and, and get you the information that you need. And you know, if we don't have it, we will find who has it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we have done it before. Like, oh, we got this letter. Who can we call? <laughs> Uh, just to make sure that you have the correct information. And, and, you know, that's what we're here for. That's why we do this every week like we do. Yes. And with that being said, I'm Anifa Walida. And I am Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. Love y'all. Babies. <laughs>